the Badim of Lamid Omid Bezok to Mishnah Nachri Agai Shehilve Es Yisrael Al Chametzai. He lent a Yid money, and the Yid gave him Chametz as a collateral. The Yid gave him Chametz as a mashkin. So what is so the, the halachi is so now the guy had jurisdiction over the Chametz over Pesach. So Achar Pesach Motabana. After Pesach, it's Motabana because the collateral belongs to the guy. The guy has jurisdiction over it, so it's considered like Chametz of a guy. So it's Motabana. But the opposite case, let's say a Yid lands a guy money and the guy gives his chametz as collateral. So now the chametz is in the Yid's jurisdiction. After Pesach, it's Asabana because it was in the Yid's jurisdiction over Pesach. Now we're going to have to see why it's like that. Does, how does a mashkin work when a person gives collateral? How does that work? Does it, when does it belong to the person? That's going to be a big discussion and this is the only place in Shas that discusses this concept. So I say, we better internalize that because very soon we're going to be learning about Makava, about Metziah, about and we're gonna to have to know these halachas klar. A bal that collects from a field that's mishubid, from a from a mashkin or a field that's mishubid. The halacha is abaya omar lemafreya hu goyve. When he collects, his collection works lemafreya. Meaning, if a bank achmalasan takes away somebody's house, a bank might be a drop different. But let's say a bank achmalasan takes away somebody's house. When do we assume that the house belonged to the bank? Do we say when they collect, or do we say that once they collect, it's this gala that the house always belonged to them, even from a time of the loan, even from a time of the mortgage, the house always belonged to the bank. We're going to see the question explained. What this concept sounds like a chiddush. Why should it work for my freya? The chayyot should work for money you collect. But abaya omer lemafreya who gave it. Abaya holds you collect lemafreya. For rava omer mikano lahabo gave it. Rava says that when the bank collects the house, it only belongs to the bank from the time that they collected and on, not before that. That's a machlek. Abaya says the chayyot big chiddush, and Rava seems to be the pasuk shot. So the gemara explains. If the guy that's living in the house, the guy that borrowed the money for the mortgage. So a house is a little different because you always put a down payment so the bank doesn't own your whole house. But let's assume the bank owns the whole house. So if the if the loive was maktish the house, or he sold the house. Everybody agrees, if a, guy, if a guy has his house mortgaged to somebody else, and then he sells his house, everybody agrees, the Malva can come and take it away. His lien comes first. Or if it was maktish it, the Malva is allowed to be paid it from hektish. Why? The Tanan, the Mishnah says, Are you ready for this? We are going to learn. We are going to know Mesechus Eirechim. Not Erevin, Erechin in Yerushalayim Erechidosh. It's one of those small masachas at the end of Kachim, which Reza Hashem, we're going to learn with a Geshmak, with a Kanak, if we believe that we can get there. De Tanah, the Mishnah says in Erechin, Moisif Oy Dinar, the Malva adds a Dinar, Upoide Esa Nechasim Ha'elu. If the guy was Maktish Nechasim, which perhaps belonged to the Malva, the Malva is Poide from Hekish. It's a big discussion. Why does the Malva have to be Poide? But the point is, if a guy, if a bank has a lien on somebody's house, and the person decides to be Maktish's house, the bank walks over to Hektish, throws a dollar at them, and takes the house back. They could technically just take it without throwing a dollar, but the Gemara explains you have to throw a dollar. But the point is that the Allah is that a bank has a schus, or a, a, a person that has a, a lien on your property, on a person's property has a schus, 
to take it if the loyve, if the one that owes the money, sold it or was makdashit. So that's not a machleg. If everybody agrees the loyve doesn't have the ability to do an everlasting mechira. Keep pleading a machleg. says to zavin malve v'kadosh malve. Let's say the bank decides they want to be makdash the house. So you didn't pay. You're still paying your mortgage very nicely. You're still paying your debt. Slept, well, we're gonna have to technically. Let's say let's let's not take a mortgage. Let's say a guy pays the money all the way at the end. Okay. Let's say a guy borrowed a hundred thousand dollars. He wanted to buy a house, and he's going to pay all the hundred thousand dollars at the end of the loan. So right now, he didn't pay yet. It's in the middle of the loan, and the bank goes ahead, and they're maktish the house. Now, they have no right to be maktish the house. They don't own the house yet. Maybe the guy will pay. But if the guy doesn't pay, and the bank comes and takes the house, so since when did the bank own the house? Do we say that the bank owned the house all the way from the beginning? At a mail, they have a right to be maktish it today, even though they were maktish it before the guy didn't pay up. But they could go even with Freya, and a mail they could collect, and they and they have a schlosti makdish the house. That's a bias shita. And Yehuda says no. When they collect, they own the house. Till they collect, they don't own the house. And Amela, that is the machlekes. And we're going to see halachic ramifications in a minute. But that's the shaila. The shaila is if the malve is makdish the house, do, does the do, is is his hektish chal, or do we say no? At the time that you collect, is at the time that you have a schlos on the house. Zok to Gemar. Abaya, Amala Mafreya, who gave Abaya says, the Malvas gave Alam Mafreya. Kiva, the Matas Zimne Vele Pari. Once the time comes and you didn't pay up, Igloi Milsala Mafreya, it's Megula, the Meikaya, Birshuse Havakaya. Originally, it belonged to the bank already. Vishapur Akdish, Vishapur Zavin. The bank was allowed to be Makdish, the bank is allowed to sell, everything's Givaldig. Okay, so very clear. A guy a guy buys a, a, a building and he has to pay the bank in six months. To pay the bank two million dollars, and before he pays up, the bank decides they want to be Makdish the building, they want to sell the building, and in the end, the guy doesn't pay up. That's the story of Kontrashi. In the end, the guy doesn't pay up. So, in the end, the bank collects. But the question is, before they collect in the end, do they have a right to be Makdish? Do we assume that when they collect, we look at it as if it always belonged to them? For the past six months, it always belonged to them because the guy ultimately didn't collect. That's a bias, Shita, and therefore the bank has a right to be Makdish. If the guy comes up with his two million dollars, the bank is not going to be able to take his building. He's going to, he's going to be able to pay up the chayv. So So now when the bank decides to take the house, the building, that's when they're getting kainet. But till then, they don't own the building. That is a machlekes to buy. a fundamental machlekes. It's brought the gemara. We relate to it a few times in chess, but this is the makar machlekes right over here in Sacham Daflam. It's the gemara. Me, Amar Did Rava say such a thing? I'm going to get introduced to Gishmak the concepts of Abakab Mamatia. Let's tune in. says, Pay attention. Ruvain Shemachar Sodet Lishimin Beachrayas. Ruvain sold a field to Shimon with Achrayas. He accepted responsibility that if someone else, title insurance basically, he accepted responsibility that if someone else is going to pull the field away from Shimon, he's going to foot the bill, he's going to pay Shimon back. So what happened? But Ruvain never paid for the bill, for, for the house, for the field. Ruvain bought a field from Shimon, and Shimon has a chrayas on the field. Ruvain, no, Shimon bought a field from Ruvain. Look at the names. Ruvain sold the field to Shimon, and Shimon never paid for the field. He made up, you're going to owe me the money for the field. Let's say the field cost $100,000. Ruvain sold the field for Shimon for $100,000, and he made up. If someone's going to come pull away your field, I'm going to pay you back for the field. But right now, Shimon didn't pay him a dime. So for all practical purposes, Shimon owes Ruvain $100,000 for the field. 
field that he's planting on. But what happened? Ruvain, Ruvain, Ruvain died. So now it gets complicated. Ruvain died. So what happened? The Asabalchayv the Ruvain. So Abalchayv of Ruvain. Someone that has a lien on Ruvain's property comes. Shimon, and he pulls away the field from Shimon. So now Shimon's a smart guy. He already has a full field full of fruit. He's not interested in losing his field. So he takes the money that he owes to Ruvain and he hands it over to the Malchai. The Ruvain owes the Ruvain owes Yankel hundred thousand dollars. So Shimon says, Listen, I owe Ruvain hundred thousand dollars for the field. I never paid him. So I'm gonna take this money, I'm gonna pass it over to Yankel. Yeah, let Yankel go for the hills, and I'm good. Now no, 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 I'm perfect. I can keep my field, everything's good. That was Juven's initial plan. The problem was he's missing a very important idea. What happened? Shimon paid off the Balchayim with the money that he owes Ruven, or now the children of Ruven. So what's the halacha? Ruven can come to Shimon and say, Yid, you made a grub at us. Why? They say like this. They tell Shimon like this. What do you owe us? Meaning, what do you have that belongs to our father? Anan mitaltali Shavuk Avun Gadach. What our father left by you was metatlum. He left you cash. Cash is metatlum. Cash is not real estate. Cash is metatlum. And the halacha is metatlum. The yasmi l'balchayv l'mishabdi. A metatlum of Yisayim. Yisayim never have to pay metatlum. They have to pay karka. They never have to pay metatlum. So the money that you gave the balchayv, you shouldn't have given him. You were we were mechayv to pay the balchayv metatlum. So Mela Metalflim was never Mishumid Bakhlal to the Bakhlaif. So what happened? So Mela, you lost yourself. You still owe us money. You were a nice guy. You decided to pay off Ruve. You decided to pay off Yankel. You were Mukhlif to pay off Yankel. You decided to pay off Yankel. I'm very happy. Very nice of you. Well, nice you still owe us $100,000 for the field. And where it is? Pay up. Pay up your $100,000 and Zaykizun. This is Ruvain's tie. This is the children of Ruvain's Taina to Shimon. You shouldn't have paid up to Balchayv. You should have ignored him or whatever. We'll see in a second what Shimon can do. You shouldn't have paid him up. This is money that belongs to us. This is money that we were not Mechayv to give to Balchayv because it's cash. Cash we're not Mechayv to pay with. So Mela, you have no right to give it to him. This is the reason. Well, how does it come into our From Rava's Gainus. And if Shimon is a smart guy, a shrewd businessman, what does he do? You know what he does? He says, okay, I hold up my hands, I surrender, I owe you $100,000. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give you back the field. I'm going to give you the field. I owe you $100,000. I'll give you the field instead of the $100,000 that I owe you. I'll hand you over the field. Now I paid you for the field. But now you have a problem because you owe Achrayas. You accept that if someone's going to take away the field, you accept that Achrayas, that you're going to pay, you're going to pay me back. You, you expect the responsibility. So now I can take back my field. Uh, you owe me money. You owe me Achrayas. Now I can take back the field. So Mela, what I do, I give the field to the, to the, the guy gives the field to the children of Reuben and immediately he can take it right back. Why? The Gemara says... He gives them a karka. And then he can immediately take it back. The armor of Nachman of Nachman says, Yusayim that collect karka for the chayv of their father. Meaning, like in this case, Reuven collected, <coughs> the children of Reuven took a piece of karka because Shimon owes Reuven money. Shimon owes Reuven money for the field that he bought. So they collected karka. The Baal is allowed to collect it. Meaning like this. 
Let's say, let's say the children of Reuven, someone owes them money, and they owe somebody else money. So if they collect a field because of the chayv that somebody owes them, for example, in this case, Shimon owes them money. If they collect a field, so if they owe money to Levi or to somebody else, the Levi can come right ahead and collect the field from them. Because once they collected the field, now Levi says, okay, now you have a field to pay. I can't take cash from you, but I can take a field from you. So Levi walks in and takes the field, and the, and the Yusabim have to give them the field. Give him the field. Why do the Yusayim have to give him the field? Let me, let's get a question, a halacha very clear. Let's say Ahmad son, a guy's nifter, yeah? And his children are busy with the estate, and they buy property for the, for the estate. L'chaira, that property, after the guy died, that property is not mishubed to any loans that happened before the guy died, because that property happened afterwards. That Kenyan happened later. If Yusayim buy property, that property is not going to be mishubed to any loans, any, any chayuvim that the father was mechubed before he died. The old, so why is this different? Why over here, why have they collect the field? Right? We're talking about a case where they collect. Not that he bought. They collect. Right? What was the story? Shimon owed Ruve $100,000 because he bought a field and he never paid for the field. So he gave a piece of karka to pay up for a debt that he owes from six months ago when he bought the field from Ruve. Then the halacha is about Chayv could come and collect the field. Why could about Chayv come and collect the field? The Gemara explains the reason and then we're going to go back to this case explain how it works. Why? If you're going to say that when a person collects a field, it works from Afreya, so now that's why when you say and collect a field because somebody owes the money, when they collect a field because it works from Afreya, when B'nai Ruvain take a field, when I, let's not take this complicated case, a regular case of you say, when you so you collect a field for a debt. We say it works for my Freya. We say it works as if they collect, as if the field always belonged to them, meaning always belonged to their father. So their father, somebody owed their father money. Someone owes Ruben a hundred thousand dollars. Ruben dies, and Ruben's children collect the field. That field, it's as if it belonged to Ruben from the beginning of the loan. So now, when Ruben, when the children of Ruben collect the field, they right now have a property that really belonged to their father from before he died. So now, if Ruben owes a hundred, if the children of Ruben or Ruben owes money to somebody else, so that guy can come collect the field, because this field always belonged to Reuven. But, that, so that only works according to Rav that says, when you collect the field, it works on Freya. So when the children of Reuven collect the field, it works on Freya. so it's as if it always belonged to Reuven. We're going to cheshmer out the case in one second. Let's just get the Gemara's cheshmer. We'll go back to it in a second. But if when a person collects a field, it only works from now. Why is about chayv allowed to go take a field that the Yisraelim collected? It's as if the Yisraelim bought new property. How is the halacha true? Let's, I want to speak it out clearly and then we'll start to this case. How is it shy? Again, let's get the case. Your guy, Ruvain, uh, someone owes, Ruvain lends $100,000 to Shimon. Let's not get mixed up with this case. We'll come back to this case in a second. Ruvain owes $100,000 to Shimon. Then, Ruvain lent $100,000 to Shimon. Shimon owes Ruvain $100,000. Ruvain drops debt. Now, Shimon, now Ruvain's children collect a field from Shimon. So, it, so now the Allah is, now, now let's say Ruvain's children owe $100,000 to, Ruvain, Ruvain owed $100,000 to Levi. So it's like, on one hand, Ruvain lent money to Shimon. On the other hand, Ruvain borrowed money from Levi. So now the question is like this. 
when Reuven's children collect the field from Shimon, they, they collect the field because the Shimon owes the money. Now when they collect the field, the Allah is that Levi, the one that they owe money to, can come and take that field. So if you say Valchai collects the field of Mafreya, so when they collect the money from Shimon, they, it's like when they collect the field from Shimon, it's as if their father really collected it, worked the Mafreya, it's as if the father always owned the field. It went all the way back to the beginning of the loan. So now Levi could come in and say, excuse me, you have a field now that always belonged to your father. I have a right to collect your field. But if you say it only works for me, that they can still go collect from Shimon. They can still go take a field. But the field is a field that they got today after the father died. Levi has no right to come take a field from something that they did an investment after the father died. It's not his business. He only has business on the father's estate. This is not the father's estate, even though it's the money from the father. But they have no schuss on the money. They only have a schuss in Karka. They can't take money. It's not like we, we think in Goyesha terms. Estate. In, in Yiddish terms, it's only Karka. Money, Baal has no schuss on. So if the Yisraelim go and buy a piece of property, the Baal has no right on it because it's Karka that they bought after the guy died. There's no, the the Baal has no right on it. So Mela, practically Gemara, if you're going to say it works Mikana Laba, how could you say that the Baal has a right to come collect? How could you say <laughs> Levi has a right to come collect from the children of Reuven. He has no right to collect it. You know why Levi has a right to collect it? Because there's something called Shibuda Der Abnasim. When you're a Bachar, everybody knows about Shibuda Der Abnasim. Just like Shimon owed money to Reuven, because Shimon borrowed money from Reuven, Shimon also, it's as if he owes the money to Levi, because if Levi lends to Reuven, and Reuven lends to Shimon, Shimon is Meshuvah to Levi. That's called Shibuda der Abnasin. How do you know if one guy has a tfi on somebody amane? And that guy has a tfi on the next guy. You take from person number three and you can give to person number one. The Pasuk says that you can take from the person that has the principle, that has the money. So if A lends to B and B lends to C, A has a Sheba on C because the money that's by C, really, it's, it's the, that's where the principle is, and A has a schuss to collect from C. So let's just, it's a little bit, let's just get clear what the case was over here. The story was that Shimon bought a field from Reuven. Reuven's children, he bought a field back rice, and he never paid for the field. Now the problem was that Reuven died, and now someone came to take the field from Shimon, and Shimon paid him off with money, which he wasn't supposed to do, because that money was not Meshuvan. But the said he paid him off with money, and now Reuven wants to get, the children of Reuven want to get paid for the field, the money that Shimon owes them for the field. When Shimon gives them karka, he can immediately go and take back the karka. Why? Because it's as if the Yisraelim bought a karka and they collected a karka because Shimon owed their father money. Shimon owed their father $100,000 because he bought a field and he never paid for it. So Shimon owed their father $100,000. They collected the $100,000 by collecting this field. And now Shimon says, oh, now you owe me money because there's a chayas. I paid off your debt, even though I paid it off with money, but it doesn't make a difference. Sometimes I paid off your debt. And Amela, you owe me money, you owe me an achrayas because I just lost my field. It's as if I lost my field. And Amela, you have a, you have, I have a schuss to collect the field from you because the Allah is that if you serve him collect a debt with a field, a new Baal 
Goliath can come in and take that field. And the reason is either because you hold a mafreya hugaiva, like a vayashita, because they collect the mafreya, that's why it works, or because of shibuda der abnasid. Because when you when, when the Yusayman collect from Shimon, now we look at it as if Shimon really owed Levi money. So Mela, when the Yusayman, or in this case, Sh- Shimon's the Bachayv also. So when the Yusayman collect the field from Shimon, now they also owe Shimon money for the Achrayas, so Shimon can go right back and collect the field back. That is the Cheshbon in the Gemara. Hopefully it's very clear. Zog to Gemara Tanan. So again, let's get Chloe the Machlaikis. If a guy collects a field, a guy collects a lien, do we look at it as if it always belonged to him, or do we look at it as from a time of collection that's when it belongs to him? Zog to Gemara Tanan. A guy lends money to a yid, and the yid gives chametz as collateral. So the guy had the chametz, and his, the guy had the, the guy had the jurisdiction on the chametz. After Pesach, the chametz is why? Why is it Mutabahana? Lachaira, the loan wasn't finished yet. The guy, oh, let's assume, what best case scenario, the you didn't pay. So the guy walks away with all the chametz, okay? But when did he walk away with the chametz? After Pesach. When, right? The guy, John, lends Yankel money, $100,000. Yankel gives him a storage house full of chametz. Beautiful. Now John comes after Pesach. He says, "You're not paying me. I'm not paying you. Okay, I'm being gave the. I'm being gave your whole, your whole, your whole uh, warehouse. Very nice. But that gavia only works after Pesach. But we're, who owned the chametz a whole Pesach? You own the chametz a whole Pesach. So why is it mutter b'hana If you say l'mar freya hugayve like Abaya very gishmak. So now the feed, the the warehouse always belonged to John because he collected it today. It always belonged to him. But if you say mikan l'avo gayve l'chayet tshver. So I take him more inside. No. If John could collect the warehouse, that's why it's Motabana. We're seven lines from the bottom, Lamad Alpha Madalf. That's why it's Motabana, because it always belonged to John. But when John collects a few days after Pesach, if it only works, it always belonged to the Yid. You're right, you had a lien on it, but it's only a lien. It belonged to a Yid. We're not talking about a regular match. We're talking about that not only, so a warehouse is a little difficult, but the point is, you gave the chametz actually to the guy. Let's, let's not take a warehouse. Let's get a box full of chametz. You walked to the guy's ass and said, your guy, here is a box of chametz, a mashkin. Once you hand it over to the guy, so even if you hold, because it's by the guy, so in Hilchas chametz, we consider it, in the jurisdiction of the guy, and that's the reason why it's mutter on Pesach. So that's the Pshad of the Mishnah. The reason why a mashkin of a chametz is mutter on Pesach, this could be very relevant, the guy has stacks, this is not Mishnah, very relevant to know the complications of this Gemara, but the point is that if a guy, a, a guy has a mashkin of a yid and he has it in his house, it's mutter bahano. If you have to pay one week, one week. But it's not Rashi Lachay Simpson, huh? How does the yid get a no if it's fine? Paying off his loan. So no. Yeah, I mean, any Hana would be relevant, but right here, you have Hana, you don't even want that. If the guy's going to walk away with the Chavitz, then it's a Hana. Yeah, I have a minute. And you can't pay a guy with Yisra, no? If you owe somebody money, you can't pay Yisra, no? you got to put something else. Let's say it's a machloikis tanoim if a balchayv is gavel lemafreya or mikana lahabo. Zad to gemar Yisrael shehilva lenachu yal chametzah. A Yisrael this is the opposite case. A Yisrael lends a, a guy with, on the guy's chametz. I mean the guy gave chametz for collateral. 
Right? Now the Chametz was by a Yit. After Pesach, the Yid is not over by Yerolei Amatzi, which is a Chiddush. Our Mishra says you are over. But in this case, the Yid has collateral, the Chayyid should be over. But the Lachas is not over. Mishra Rav Meir Amru over. Rav Meir says you are over. What's the Machlaikis? This is the Machlaikis. If you hold so that it always belonged to the Yid, because again, the guy didn't pay up, so it always belonged to the Yid over Pesach. That's Rav Meir's Shita. So Rav Meir holds the Mafreya Hogaiva. So as soon as the Yid collects it after Pesach, it's as if it always belonged to him. So male, it always is by the Yid. So male, you're over on Pesach. And the Tanakhama holds, no, the Yid didn't always own it. The Yid that just collected it now. And the male, you're not over. It's not like our Mishnah, but that's what this Brisa holds. If you're gonna say it like that, but Tisbra, a Masefa, the end of that price, this is not a mission, don't get confused, this is a different price. The end of the price says, but a guy that lends a yid, and the yid gave the guy collateral, there, when the yid had collateral from the guy, I'm sorry, the guy, the guy had collateral from a yid, everybody agrees that you're over. Now that doesn't make sense. If you're telling me that the reason for the beginning of the Brisa is because if you hold him a Freo so then it's as if that <coughs> it's as if the Yid owned it the whole time. If you hold him a Kana Lavogaiva, it's as if the Yid just bought it now. So if it's over here should be the opposite. If you hold over there, you're not over because you hold me Kana Lavogaiva. Over here you should be over. Why? Because when the guy takes the Chavitz, he gets it only me Kana but the Chavitz belonged to the Yid the whole Pesach. According to the Shita before, by the case of the guy's collateral, meaning when the when the Yid was holding the guy's chametz, if you say you're over, so the reason why you're over is because over here you shouldn't be over. Well, it should be opposite. So obviously you're learning the Bryce are wrong, and the Gemara is going to introduce us to a more ridiculous concept. We're talking about the same case that you gave it to him as a mashkin. And we're going to cheshbin the machlekes in a second. Let's just see what the Gemara says, and we'll go back. They disagree in Rabbi Yitzchak's concept. How do you know that a Balchayv is kind of a mashkin that he takes? Shenema, the Pasuk says, The Allah is you have to give back the pillow at night. Everybody knows that. But, and the Pasuk says, when you give back the pillow, it's going to be tzedaka for you. It's going to be a tzedaka when you give the pillow back. Right? You took a mashkin, a pillow. You have to give it back to the guy. When you give it back, it's going to be tzedaka. And they ain't a kind of mashkin, tzedaka, You can't do tzedaka. Right? You hear these people that steal millions of dollars and they give millions of dollars of tzedaka. You can't give stuck if the money doesn't belong to you. Yet yeah, stuck it has to be something that belongs to you. So Mela, if it's if, it, if the mashkin doesn't belong to you, Christ it's sadik. I mean it's a nice thing to do, but you're not doing stuck you're not giving something that belongs to you, you're giving something that belongs to him. You're giving him back his pillow. But the terrorist says it's stuck so obviously, mm-hmm. so you see from here that when a Balchayv has a mashkin, when someone has collateral, you lend somebody money, he gives you his watch, you are kinda his watch. And then if you give it back to him to use it for whatever, you're giving stuck. It's your watch. So what's the Chajman? Let's go over here. So what's the Machlaikis? So we're talking about a mashkin that the guy or the Yid had it in his house. So the first case was, let's just have to get re- review the case. A Yid lent money to a guy, and the guy gave Chametz as a mashkin. So now the mashkin, the guy, the guy's chametz is in the yid's house. So what's the shaila? Tanakama savar. The only time about chayv is kind of a mashkin. Hani mili yisrael mi yisrael. The pasuk that says that it's stuck is talking about a yid taking a mashkin from a yid. Who did karina 
Be'elachati. It's Taka. That's what the Torah says. It's considered Taka. Avil Yisrael minachri laikani. But a Yisrael from a God, you have no Pasuk to say that there's something called a Kenyan of a Mashkin. So Mela over here, what was the case? The Yid has Chametz of a guy, and it's a Mashkin of a Pesach. Forget about Mikhailov. Forget about collecting for the Chametz. The point is the Mashkin itself. We're not getting into what happened at the end. That's not the point. The point is the mashkin. Are you kind of the mashkin? So now the Gemara is saying that the case was that because the mashkin was in Yerushos, so according to the Tanakhama, a Yisrael from a guy is not kind of a mashkin. So you had chametz that belonged to a guy. It has nothing to do with you. It might have been in your house. It has nothing to do with you. It belongs to the guy. You're probably not even a shamer on it. We're not going to get into that complication. But the point is, you don't own it. It's not your, your mashkin doesn't belong to you. There's no stuff. There's no pasuk that a yid is kind of a mashkin from a guy and a mela. It's mutter. Very mayor so mayor says no. Kavachaima, learn that from a Kavachaima. Yisrael, Yisrael, Kani. If I take a collateral from a yid, I'm kind of the collateral. Yisrael, Minachri, like Kalshagay. For sure, a yid from a guy should be kind of mashkin. So, male the Gemara saying, Anupshan, the Machlaikis. The Machlaikis is, if you're kind of mashkin, according to Tanakama, you're kind of, I'm sorry, according to Tanakama, you're not kind it's only a Yisrael from a Yisrael that's kind of mashkin. And according to Reb Mayer, you are kind of. Because you are a Balchavis Kainamashkin, even from a guy. What about the safe of the Braisa? Avon Nochri, Shehilves, Yisrael Achamet. So let's say a guy lends money to a yid. Same case. The yid gave the guy a mashkin. So if you borrow money from a guy and you give him a box of chametz as collateral, you're a smart guy. You figure you're not going to use the chametz anyway. You give it to him as collateral. The concept of a Kenyan on a mashkin is only by a yid. If a guy goes ahead and takes a mashkin, from a yid, the guy is not going to be kind of the mashkin. So, Mela, you're right, Ron Pesach, because you walked over to the guy. You borrowed money, this ended the price once. You borrowed money from a guy, and you walk in with a huge box of chametz, and you give him a box, say, This is my mashkin. Very nice. But he's not kind of the mashkin. There's no chiddish of a kinyan of a mashkin. And, Mela, in that case, the guy is not kind of it, so it still belongs to you. So, Mela, you're either by your by your matze, because he's still, the, the mashkin still belongs to you. So let's chesh out the mission now. Now we're going to be a little stuck. We'll see in a second. Now, this is the way the Gemara explains the Brisa. So how does our Mishnah say it? Tonight, If a guy lends a yid, the end of the Mishnah says, the Nachri Shilvah is sold. No, that was the first case in the Mishnah. Sorry. First case in the Mishnah was, a guy lends a yid on, on, with a collateral, meaning the yid brought his chametz to the guy, and they were talking about that he gave it over to the guy. The Allah is, After Pesach, it's Moter Bahano. Nihi Nami Deherina Yatsla, even though we just explained that you gave the Mashkin over to the guy, Ha'amrit Nachrimi Yisrael, like Connie, you just told me that a guy is not kind of a Mashkin from a Yid. So, how could you tell me in the Mishnah that if a Yid walks over to a guy and gives him a box of Chalat as a Mashkin, it's Moter after Pesach, it's Asir after Pesach. The guy is not kind of the Mashkin, it belongs to you. Very nice, he's holding on to it, but he doesn't, he's not kind of. Why is so then the Gemara says, a knech, like Kasha, meaning if the Yid tells the if the Yid tells the guy that you're going to be able to collect Me'achshav, meaning the Mashkin belongs to you Me'achshav. If I don't pay up, the Mashkin will be yours from now, from the time of 
the loan, he makes up, he specifically specifies in the deal, in the mashkin, whatever they write in the shtar, that it's going to work may akshav. It's going to work from the time that I give over the mashkin to you. So if I say that it's going to work may akshav, so then, for sure it's going to work. How do you know that? How do you know that may akshav works? How do you know that if a guy, again, what's the case? A guy, uh, a yid, let's get the case clear. A yid gives a guy a collateral. A guy lent money to a yid, and a yid gives him a back to chametz as collateral. We just finished saying that the guy is not kind of the mashkin. There's one clause to that, and that is if the yid makes up with the guy that what, that I'm going to give it to you, and if you're going to be kainit me'achshav from whenever I'm not going to pay up, it's going to work me'achshav. Don't get confused with this like before. Let my friend be kind of leave it. We're, we're focusing on the mashkin itself now. We're, we're right now we're assuming that the mashkin is generally a guy is not kainit mashkin. And the only reason why it will work is because, the Gemara is saying the reason why it's going to work in our Mishnah is because you spoke out. May Achshav, you told the guy, John, I'm telling you, if I don't pay up, you could have it May Achshav. So Mela, when you speak it out clearly, then the halach is that John owns it the whole time and there's no Isser Chametz. How do you know that concept exists, huh? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Even if it's by him. But a guy is not trying to mashkin. We'll explain in a second if we have time. Why a guy, uh, the reason why a guy, the, the Gemara says very, very interesting. Why is a guy not trying to mashkin? The Gemara seems to say that the Svar is like this. Really, a yid shouldn't be trying to mashkin either. But the Tyre gave you the mashkin. The Tyre gave you the mashkin. Pashit, that you should be able to be Zaycha. That when you return it to him, it should be Tzaka. By the way, that's the reason why Benesham always sent somebody money. The reason why a person has money is The Benesham wants to give you a to be able to do tzedakah. So the only reason why he gets kind of mashkin is that when he returns it, it should be considered tzedakah. But by a guy who has no such concept, there's no lochati tzedakah. If you look, if you pay attention to the Gemara, the Gemara said such a hint. The Gemara said, eh, The Gemara says the concept of the, the concept of Kenyan mashkin is dependent on the concept of tzedakah and by a guy. There's no such thing as tzedakah. So there's no the Indian of being Kainah Mashkin. So the Gemara explains. How do you know? Menot Tamra Dishani Lei Ben Hechadam Miachshav or Ben Hechadalei Miachshav. How do you know? It makes a difference if you said Miachshav or you didn't say Miachshav by a Mashkin. The Tanya the Brisa says Nachri Sheherin Paspurni Eitz Yisrael. A guy that gave collateral. Herin is a fancy name for collateral. We had it before. Herin he gave it collateral. Paspurni, which is a huge piece of bread. Eitz Yisrael he gave it to the Yid. So again, the Yid is holding on to the Mashkin from a guy. Ain't Iver. He's not Iver because he's not. Not but if the guy tells him, if I don't pay up, it's yours, so then it's then you're over on the chametz, because if he didn't pay up, it belonged to the id. What's the difference? Why, if the guy says he got ticha, what's the grace of Kedusha of saying, if I don't pay up, it belongs to you? What's the grace of Kedusha of that? Why does that make you be over? So if the guy says he got ticha, meaning, I'm telling you, if I don't pay up, it belongs to you from the time that I gave it to you. So Mela, it always belonged to the Yid over Pesach, and a Mela, the Yid, was over on Bayu Abay because it belonged to him. So basically, we had a Machlaikis about Mikadal Abo Goyva and Mafreo Goyva, and then we had another Shaila, but again, Mashkin, if, the, it, how, if a, yid, a Yid is kind of Mashkin from a Yid, it's a Machlaikis if a Yid can be kind of Mashkin from a guy, but the Gemara says that when you're dealing with Meyachshav, everybody agrees that it works.
That's the end of that sugya. Taner Abaran, Chanos Shal Yisrael. You have a store that belongs to a Yid. Umaloi Shal Yisrael. And the inventory belongs to a Yid. You have four corners on the corner, right? Chanos is a Yid. The inventory is a Yid. Upayal Einachrim, Nechrasim Hashem. Payal and Gaiyish workers are walking in and out of there. Typical case. The halacha is Chamet Shenim Tushamachar Pesach. Chavitz that's found in the store after Pesach is I maybe it came from the guy's food. Teretz is because the chanos belongs to the yid and the, and the inventory also belongs to the yid. We assume the chametz that you find is Yiddish chametz and Amela it's Aserbahana. It's nothing to do with the singing before. It's just an interesting halacha. And the it's Aserbahana. For sure you can't eat it because it's chametz of a, of a yid. We assume it's chametz of a yid and therefore it's chametz of a Pesach. It's Aserbahana. What about the opposite case? Chanos shal nachri, umalai shal nachri. A guy walks into Target after Pesach. It's a chanos of a, of a guy, and the inventory belongs to a guy. Upayala Yisrael nechnasim v'yaitzim l'sham. But there's Yiddish workers that work in the guyish store. Chametz shenim t'shemach Pesach muter b'achila. If you find chametz in the store, it's muter to eat. Vein tzarachlein b'hana. You're not only allowed to have hana, you're even allowed to eat it. Why? I maybe the chametz fell from the yids bagel that maybe he brought it on Pesach. Maybe it was Yiddish. The answer is no, because the store belongs to a guy and the inventory belongs to a guy. So then we assume that the chametz that you find is mistama came from the guyish inventory and mele after Pesach it's muter b'hano. Zok Let's say a guy has chametz and the house falls down. He's inside a house. The house falls down and there's a huge pile of rubble and the chametz is buried under the rubble. The halacha is We look at the chametz as if it's destroyed, as if it's gone because it's buried. For practical purposes, it's inaccessible. And a meila that chametz is considered destroyed. Now this is even the chayra, even according to Yehuda, that holds that ain't beer chametz al but the the chametz is gone. It's buried. It's not here anymore. L'chayr. this is a word given according to Yehuda, but that's the halach if it's buried, it's gone. Now, you, you might not be Mekayim Tashbisu because you didn't do it, but Akapan and the Chametz is not here. It's considered gone. explains that it has to be buried in a way that a dog cannot dig it up. We're going to see in the Gemara how big that is, but it has to be buried under a certain amount of rubble that a dog would not be able to access it. Said, even though the chametz is buried, but you have to be mivatlin in your heart because technically it still belongs to you. So you have to make sure you're mivatlin in your heart before Pesach. You can't be mivatlin in your heart on Pesach. If you forget till Pesach, you tzudas. But if you before Pesach, you're mivatlin in your heart and meila, then it's fine. There's no problem. How deep is considered that a caliph can dig? Three tfachim is the amount that a caliph can dig, and you have to make sure there's three tfachim of rubble on top of the chametz, and that it's motor. This that Shmuel said, We are going to learn, we are going to know Meseches Bab Metziah. In Yerushalayim, we are Kodesh. And the Gemara says in Meseches Bab Metziah, Ksafim ein lahem shmira ela bikarka. You want to protect your money? You got to bury it in the ground. What does it mean? It means if, a guy's, if you hire a guy or you give a guy money to be a shamer, what's considered proper shmira on money? You have to bury it in the ground. Those are your 
mattresses. So Mela, the only place that they're able to put their money is under the ground. So Mela, the Gemara says, Elohem Shmira, Ela Bekarka, Ksafim Elohem Shmira, Ela Bekarka. In fact, the Gemara, how deep do you have to put the money in? Me, Be'in, and Shleish, and Tvachim, I like. Then we say, just like by Chavitz, it's got to be three Tvachim down. So do my money, it has to be three Tvachim down. Or not. Amalei, no. Ha-chamishim recha, over here, the, the Kalev can smell it. Be'in, and Shleish, and Tvachim. You need three Tvachim, because the Kalev can smell it. So you think the Goyim today figured out that Kalev have a strong sense of smell. Chazal already knew it thousands of years ago, that Kalev have a strong sense of smell. And a male of Chazal say that we have to make sure, what does Chazal say, Kalev? Because a Kalev has a strong sense of smell, he can smell it. So Mela, uh, where there's a smell... You need three tvachim. Ha samishemach suye by money doesn't have such a strong smell. So then it's only to cover it. Mechsuye and you only have to cover it from the eye. Be meinu huvalei bai shloisha. You don't need three tvachim. Ve'kama how many tvachim do you need? Amarav from our papa misichra tefach. The amount they have to bury money under the ground is a tefach. And chametz needs three tvachim just to make sure that the caliph doesn't smell it and dig it up.